0: I'm Chris Levine and I will be your host again this time around. This happens to be number four in our series entitled The Psychology of Film by a Prop Maker's Son, which would be me. There is so much psychology going on in today's choice for a film that I seriously am finding it hard to know where to start. Do we start with two people living in dilapidated conditions? Do we start with how a woman's losing their hair affects them psychologically? Do we start with how a woman's losing their hair makes them extra creative in finding a new iconic look for themselves? Do we start with a controlling mother, a long suffering daughter, a daughter whose life is spent with an unappreciative mother, a mother in denial? Do we start with two women that secretly are frustrated performers? How about how a rich community views a neighbor with rapidly vanishing old money that doesn't keep up appearances? How about the fact that these two women were related to Jackie Kennedy Onassis and how when the press reported on their living conditions, this former first lady attempted to come and supervise repairs, but to no real avail. Again, there is so much psychology going on in this documentary. I seriously am not quite sure where to start. And this is a documentary, it's an actual true story. It was made by the same team of brothers that would bring us Salesman and Gimme Shelter. Today, we are going to be, of course, talking about 1975's Grey Gardens. Okay, so let's, let's at least start here with some background. The mother of the two who go by, goes by the nickname Big Edie. Big Edie bought this house with her husband in 1923. It was a magnificent house, and its gardens had things that were exported from all over the world in them. But by 1975, she and her daughter, who goes by Little Edie, were still there. It, it had become a total shambles, like seriously scary, messy shambles. Still, one could only imagine the exclusive Hamptons parties of yesteryear that probably happened there when little Edie was a beauty queen and big Edie was still married to the American attorney Phelan Beale, before he jumped ship and became an absentee father. The thing that I find so gripping is the love-hate relationship between the mother and the daughter. This mother has absolutely no qualms about putting her daughter down and emasculating her in front of the cameras. And while her daughter, little lady, takes it, she speaks low and whispers to the camera her feelings and is the hero, essentially, as far as I'm concerned, of this film. You know what's interesting is that this was redone in a film adaptation of the documentary. And it was redone with Drew Barrymore playing Little Edie. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I thought I was gonna hate it because I just liked the documentary so much. But you know what, all apologies to Drew Barrymore This actress did an amazing job in this role. Uh, If it wasn't a passion project for her, you could have fooled me. Stellar performance. But the original documentary, I feel, I don't know, I just find it so real and curious and perfect that I had to include that in this series. You could tell that secretly, Big Edie, and totally openly, Little Edie, loved having the documentary filmmakers in their house. Remember, they at both time were complete, they both at one time, I'm sorry, were complete socialites who were always camera ready. So they were. this was right on time for them. I remember reading reviews where people said that this was exploitation. Exploiting them, because in the writers' summations, these women were not all there. Like the filmmakers were making fun of the mentally ill or something like that. Well, first off, I don't believe that these women were mentally ill. Second, I don't believe anybody was exploited. Think of it like this. Celebrities, especially rich old world celebrities, just live differently. I mean, if you are looked at as being royalty, I'm imagining that that never fully really leaves you. Even if you're sharing your living room with wild raccoons and an endless array of cats, you're still royalty in your own thinking. That's what's going on here. In fact, it's funny. There's a term for this called affluenza. The Greater Good Science Center website said this about affluenza. It says, whether affluenza is real or imagined, money really does change everything, as the song goes, and those of high social class do tend to see themselves much differently than others. Extremely affluent people actually suffer from higher rates of depression. Some data has suggested that money itself doesn't lead to dissatisfaction. Instead, it's the ceaseless striving for wealth and material possessions that may lead to unhappiness. Materialistic values have even been linked with lower relationship satisfaction. These two women were extremely affluent people who now had to now handwrite checks to pay the gardener and who are openly talking about and worrying about the price of food rising in 1975. What if they saw the prices now? They would die, right? Seeing other people, I find, can make you reflect on yourself and see things more objectively in your own life. Psychology Today had a piece called The Power of Perspective Taking, How Leaning In can expand our worldview and deepen our relationships. Notice what it says. It says we each have a uniquely valuable perspective on life, a lens through which we interpret our lives. Through our perspective, we define what makes sense to us, which is differentiated from how others see and experience life. However, we don't know what we don't know. In perspective, provides a powerful tool to expand our own perspective by learning the way others see life. That's what watching this documentary does. They have their unbelievably uniquely valuable perspective on life, and it's probably not yours or mine. There's some benefits from this. There's three of them we'll go over. One of them is added dimension to our perspective is our own version of reality. We each have our own unique reality shaped by our own experiences and the resulting lens through which we see the world. When we open ourselves to seeing life through somebody else's lens, it's kind of like looking through a telescope rather than a microscope. And and with that added dimension comes personal growth. Something else that happens, when we take other people's perspectives, as we build empathy, taking the time to respect the perspectives of others, it actually fosters understanding, empathy and compassion. It doesn't mean we have to agree with the way others interpret life, or their circumstances or their concepts, though we do have to respect that each one of us has our own unique viewpoint that's founded in the unique set of circumstances that shaped us in our present perspective. And so does everybody else. A third benefit is we can learn and grow. You know, if we really think about it, we are each other's teachers. If we choose to be. See, when we choose to learn from each other, we expand our awareness of what is possible for what ours, what's possible for ourselves, what we're capable of on a personal level, a professional level, and as well as for us as a global society. The article closes by saying when you take a moment to look through the lens of another and momentarily embrace or attempt to understand their perspective. What you learn may very well be something that you may have not learned by continuing to solely look at life through your own lens. You know, that's what happens. You know how sometimes culturally people are stereotypically only doing certain things that their culture does? You can pick the culture. You can pick the race. It doesn't matter. Pick the part of the United States. Pick the part of Europe. It's what we're exposed to. That's what we view as normal. Some people are way out. But if that's what their life experience was, then that's what's normal to them. And you look silly. Well, all three of these things, learning and growth, added dimension, and building empathy, they all happen for me personally every every single time that I watch this documentary film. Grey Gardens both gave me and changed my perspective on a lot of things. I remember I walked away the first time watching it wishing that I could take little Edie with me. But then I honestly couldn't bear to think of leaving Big Edie there without her. It's deep, it's introspective, and yes, it's a fun film. And I didn't even start on the marble fawn. Seriously, I watch this at least once a year. You know what? To sum up, let's let Little Edie have the last word. She said... One is a lone woman who hasn't got much money and she's fighting to get the same thing she's always wanted. Recognition as a dancer, singer, and entertaining artist. But here I'm mother's little helper cleaning up after the cats. We have once again arrived at the time on refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme, this time around we have for you a Refresher Podcast Grey Gardens playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Grey Gardens. We have 10 songs for you and they are all based on this film. Some of them are in the film. Track number one is T for Two by Enoch Light and his orchestra. Big Edie sings this one in the movie, and it's amazing. Number two, the Anne Shelton version of Lily Marlene. Number three, Glenn Miller with Moonlight Serenade. Number four, a duet by Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney called People Will Say We're In Love, by the way, kind of a fun fact, Rosemary Clooney was George Clooney's aunt. She was the older sister of his father. Number five, Tommy Dorsey with I'm Getting Sentimental Over You. Number six, The Fleetwoods with We Belong Together. Number seven, I've Got a Pocket Full of Dreams by Eddie Howard with Dick Jurgens and his orchestra. Number eight, a song called The Parlor is a Pleasant Place to Sit on a Sunday Night by Frank Crummett. That is an old song. Number nine, Cole Porter with Night and Day. And number 10, It's So Peaceful in the Country by Mildred Bailey. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Grey Gardens. By the way, The parlor is a pleasant place to sit on Sunday night my father and mother used to call the living room the parlor I remember when I was very little they would call it the parlor and they did it with their New Jersey accents so they'd say the Paula right well when I was in kindergarten or first grade I was supposed to draw a picture of my house and point out the different rooms, and I didn't know how to spell Paula. Anyway, we would like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics report shows that we have brand new listeners in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Welcome to Refresher. Hey, did you guys know that plants improve the air around you and they improve your mood? Speaking of gardens, well, Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. Not only do they sell these incredible containers, not only do they sell unique plants to go with them, but their goal is to get you to have a pet plant to go, to take it with you. Check out their awesome website at leafy.com. It is L-E-A-F-V-E.com. Also, DesignCraft is out there. They're a company that's at the forefront of the millwork industry, constantly innovating to meet custom needs. You can check out their unbelievable work at their website at designcraft.com, and it is D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-R-A-F-T.com. Guys, we would love for you to support this program by continuing to listen if you enjoyed it. And if you could all do me a favor, please pass it along. If you have friends that you think would like this show or any of the episodes that we've done, let them know. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. Wherever you found this, there's going to be a little button that's going to say support this podcast if you are so inclined, that would be really, really cool. Also, books that I've written, including celebrity interviewing that I've done, as well as t-shirts and merch for this show can be found at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, The music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by my friend, Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.